0: Star Wars, give me those Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, don't have that man. Star Wars, those daring Star Wars, talking about Star Wars on the podcast. Welcome to Give Me Those Star Wars, a proud member of the... Are we still part of the Fire and Water Network? Yeah, okay. Sorry. It's been a while since I've done one of these, and I'm a little rusty. Anyway, I'm Ryan Daly, and to those of you in the United States, happy Labor Day! I hope you had a good holiday weekend, and more importantly, I hope you had a good Force weekend. Yes, this past Friday, September 1st, was Force Friday the annual occasion when Lucasfilm pushes a ton of Star Wars-related merchandise to begin the hype train for this December's film, Star Wars The Last Jedi. If I were a better podcaster, or perhaps a better fan, I would have made this episode all about the various books, action figures, and interactive experience that went along with this Force Friday. But I'm not. I don't know everything that was supposed to have come out on Force Friday, because I haven't been paying attention. See, a long time ago, back in July, in a hospital like five miles away, my son Reese was born. And before I go into a long thing about how fatherhood has ruined my Star Wars fandom... A. No, it hasn't ruined it, it's only changed my Star Wars fandom, as you will see. And B. My wife and I almost named our son Luke. And if you can believe it, Angie liked the name better than I did. It was actually second on her list of boys' names. Anyway, for the last couple of months, most of my free time was spent preparing to be a father, becoming a father and realizing none of my preparation was adequate, then discovering Reese's health issues and planning surgery and recovery for an infant, and... you know, stuff like Star Wars fell by the wayside. In some ways, that is. In other ways, not so much. Back in June, I went to HeroesCon to meet a bunch of members of the Fire and Water community. I almost commissioned a sketch of C-3PO by one of the artists who draws Transformers for IDW, but I only brought one sketchbook, and the Black Panther sketch took longer than I expected. It did give me a cool idea, though. In the future, when I get sketches at cons, I might request Star Wars characters instead of superheroes. I think at least I'll get a separate sketchbook just for Star Wars sketches. That'll be a cool project. Another way that I've managed to keep Star Wars on the brain the last few months is thanks mostly to the generosity of other people. Angie and I received a ton of baby gifts before Reese was born, including a lot of clothes and books. And given that my love of Star Wars is no secret, we got some really cute baby shirts and onesies with Star Wars on them, like a picture of Baby Yoda and the phrase, too cute I am, that sort of thing. I can feel myself getting ahead of what I wanted to talk about, so let me reset. I am not going to do an overview of Force Friday, I'm just going to share my relatively small experience with it, and in point of fact, my Star Wars experience was actually on Saturday, when I stopped by Barnes and Noble and Toys R Us after taking my mom to the airport. First, I went to Barnes and Noble, which... I don't know if you've been to one recently, but they have a pretty sizable toy and collectible section, a whole shelf full of Legos and stuff, and even some action figures, model kits, other merchandise. What caught my eye initially was the brand new novel, Star Wars Phasma, named for the First Order warrior Captain Phasma from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. A quick look at the synopsis, and it sounds like this is kind of her origin story, at least how she meets General Hux and joins the First Order. It looks like an interesting tale, and I was tempted to buy it. But I didn't, because as much as I want to hear Phasma's story, I want to see it play out first. An interesting and unexpected thing happened when Disney bought Lucasfilm and the rights to publish new Star Wars content. I was fine with the mouse saying that the old books and comics are not canon, we're starting our own new continuity. That didn't bother me because I was already making up my own head canon of what books I considered legit and which I did not. You can listen to the very first episode of Dead and Spies, my first podcast, to hear me ramble on about this. What I didn't realize at the time, though, was that the new expanded universe, or whatever they call the official Disney canon of books... None of them are taking the story forward, because they're not allowed to spoil what happens in the next movie, so all of the stories that come out right after The Force Awakens, they all took place before The Force Awakens, and that is still happening now. We're getting new novels and stories that are fleshing out the backstory for the characters in the films, but none of them are advancing the characters, and that is what I want to see. And this might change when the trilogy is over, maybe then I'll want to learn more about Phasma and Maz Kanata and whoever Benicio del Toro's character turns out to be in the next movie. But for now, I just want to see where the movies take them, because that feels like what matters. That's where Star Wars really counts. That's how it feels to me, anyway. Beyond that... They've been publishing a lot of small, contained, character-focused books lately, books that spotlight Phasma, and Tarkin, and Leia, and even Grand Admiral Thrawn. I did buy Thrawn, the book, earlier this year, and I read the first, maybe third of it, and then I stopped because, sorry, I was bored. One of my favorite Expanded Universe characters by my favorite author, and it was just, I, I, I couldn't get into it. These character spotlight novels are interesting in concept. They give you little nuances, but they don't feel like Star Wars should feel to me. The Star Wars movies were never character pieces. They were sprawling space operas with big, galaxy-changing themes. The old expanded universe books that I loved had that. Timothy Zahn's original trilogy had that sense of scale and scope. So did Dark Empire and say what you want about Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy trilogy, but that thing was action-packed all the time, and they pushed the characters forward because there was no indication we would ever see them in another movie. So I find myself in this place where I'm not excited about the new novels set in the First Order era until that trilogy is resolved and the characters are allowed to move beyond what Kathleen Kennedy has planned. But that doesn't mean I didn't buy any Star Wars books this past weekend. No, like I said before, fatherhood hasn't hindered my love of the galaxy far, far away, only changed it. And one of those changes is I've been buying Star Wars kids' books. There are a ton of little golden books, including adaptations of the first seven movies, and others that spotlight character types in the franchise, like heroes, Jedi, Sith, pilots, droids, princesses, and stormtroopers. There are a number of letter books, coloring books, sticker books. Now, as I record this, my son is not even eight weeks old yet, so the activity books are quite a ways away. But I love, love reading these little books to him, and I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity to get a new one on force fry your Saturday. What I picked up is a gorgeous, illustrated book called BB-8 on the Run. It's a cute story written by Drew Daywalt with luscious painted art by Matt Myers. It follows the untold adventures of BB-8 on Jakku, after Poe Dameron sent him away, and leading up to the moment Ray rescues him from the Junker Tito. I'll post a few of the pictures from the book on the Image Gallery post for this episode on the Fire and Water website. Please check it out, it's really good. After Barnes & Noble, I made a quick stop at Toys R Us, just to see what they had. Which wasn't much on Saturday morning, but I wasn't really looking for anything. The few random Star Wars toys I pick up are the Black Series 3 and 3/4 three inch figures or others like that with lots of articulation but on Force Friday, Hasbro only releases the new 6-inch figures, as well as the basic line of Last Jedi figures that only have limited articulation at the legs and shoulders. The more articulated 3-3-4-inch three three figures from the Black series or the upcoming Vintage collection, those won't come out until later on. So, there was really nothing for me to buy this past weekend, but I will say it was cool seeing two particular figures from the basic line, Rose and Paige. These are both brand new characters. Rose, who is described as a resistance tech, is supposed to have a pretty big role as she partners up with Finn on a secret mission. Paige is a resistance gunner, and the thing is, they're sisters. I'm fascinated by this, because we've never seen a relationship like this in any other Star Wars movie. Siblings, first of all, that know each other, that they know their siblings, on the same side of a war, but in different roles. One a combat officer, and one a technician. And sisters. These are definitely characters I want to follow in the movie. Of course, I'm assuming that one of them is going to die. So, yeah, that was my uneventful, Force Friday weekend experience. No toys, some books. I'm in a place right now where I'm not into the hype for the new Star Wars merchandise. I'm still pumped for the film, The Last Jedi. I think it's going to be great. And in some ways, I'm more excited because my head has been focused on so many other things that I haven't been dwelling on this movie like I did for The Force Awakens. I'm not soaking up every rumor, every press release, every bit of info. I honestly don't have any theories or speculations going into this movie. Not yet, anyway. It's only September, the trailer hasn't even dropped yet. When it does, I'm sure my excitement will kick into overdrive, but for now, for now, I'm enjoying sharing Star Wars with my son, who has just reached the point where he smiles when he sees me. Right now, I'm going to play a quick promo for another podcast, when we come back, I'm going to do something a little different with a very special guest on the podcast. Don't go away. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series, Five Years Later, the Reboot, the 3-boot, the Retroboot, the Animated Series, we have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. Why do you always have to say it that way? Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? I knew my podcasting was going to take a hit this year after we found out Angela was pregnant. Luckily, I'm part of a truly fantastic community of podcasters, listeners, partners, and friends. I can't even remember right now how many packages we've received with baby clothes, books, toys, and yes, comics. But it is a lot. And this includes some outstanding Star Wars-themed onesies and t-shirts. One of the first books we received is called ABC-3PO. And it is amazing. We got this from my oldest childhood friend Jerry and his wife Chrissy. They sent this right after they found out we were pregnant. In fact, they might have been the second people to send us something. Believe it or not, the irredeemable shag was the first. Ugh. Anyway. Jerry sent me this book, which is one of the most adorable things I have ever seen. It's an alphabet book, of course, with each page getting a letter and a character or concept from the Star Wars universe whose name begins with that letter. Even more, each letter and character gets a small rhyming poem describing them. It's super cute, and it's the first book that I read to Reese when we brought him home from the hospital. And if you will indulge me for a couple of minutes of sappiness... I would like to read to him again with all of you fine listeners, you know, listening in. All right. A reading from Star Wars ABC 3PO Galactic Basic Edition. Read by Ryan Daly to Reese Daly. Written by Calliope Glass and Caitlin Kennedy. Illustrated by Katie Cook. Hello, I am C3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. I am fluent in over six million forms of communication. Welcome to an adventure in rhyme and space. A is for Akbar. Poor Akbar, he tried. It really wasn't his fault. Blame those Empire thugs. It was a total assault. Unseen and unplanned for, he didn't know what to do. So he yelled, It's a trap! And the phrase stuck like glue. B is for Boba Fett. A bounty hunter with a jetpack to boot. Where did Boba Fett find such a suit? Tougher than nails, he never ever fails. Unless there's a sarlacc. Oh, shoot. C is for C-3PO. He once called Chewbacca a flea-bitten furball and Artu a fat glob of grease. For a protocol droid, his manners are awful. His grumblings never quite cease. But Threepio's got a heart of pure gold or possibly iron or chrome. Either way, he's begrudgingly loyal, so he'll follow wherever you roam. D is for droids. Droids may be machines, but they have oh so much heart. Ever present, brave, and true, their loyalty sets them apart. R2-D2, for example, never ceases to amaze. He's truly the hero. He deserves all the praise. BB-8 is another small little friend. Be it through thick or thin, he'll follow you to the end. And... And Chopper? Well, Chopper will do just what he wants. But he does come in handy if you can handle his taunts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just like that. Just like that. E is for Ewoks. Ewoks are tricky. They seem fluffy and cute. But if they attack, you might want to scoot. Sure, like... Sure, they like stories and feasts in the night, but don't get too close now. They've been known to bite. F is for Finn. Finn was a stormtrooper, but he had to cut loose. This Kylo guy's evil, he'd come to deduce. Plus, his boss was a real pain in the armor. Phasma was hardly what you'd call a charmer. So off Finn flew in a stolen black tie. Good riddance, first order. Good day and goodbye. G is for Greedo. Going somewhere solo? I see right through that grin. You hate knowing the odds, but here's one you won't win. This bounty is mine, of that I am sure, I can't wait to take you to Jabba's front door. That does not rhyme. That could have used a second draft. H is for Han Solo. A cantina in Mos Eisley, smoky, dim, and loud. In a corner there's a smuggler, scruffy, cool, and proud. He owes Jabba money and Greedo's well aware but Han just draws his blaster and ends the whole affair. What's that? What's that look? Yeah, what's that smile? Because you know Han shot him. Han shot him down, didn't he? I is for IG-88. Metal skin, tall and thin, a droid who seeks but rarely speaks. Can he find the one assigned Darth Vader's not the forgiving kind. I really had to stretch to get that one. J is for Jabba. On the planet of Tatooine, in a palace none too clean, lived Jabba the Hutt, a creature whose gut was as giant as Jabba was mean. The slimy knave made Leia his slave, and with that his end was foreseen. K is for Kylo. Kylo, you're crazy. You've got to be kidding. A three-bladed lightsaber helps do your bidding? Come now, be civil. Have one blade or two. Three is just cocky. We all know it's true. Spread those arms. Spread, stretch, stretch. L is for Luke and Leia. Luke Skywalker was an only child, at least that's what he'd concluded. All alone in a desert with nothing to do, he just sat around and brooded. Meanwhile, in a palace vine, did Leia grow up in hiding. Strong, smart, and capable, and over the Senate presiding. But after many years, it was clear they were destined for greater things. Luke as a Jedi and Leia as a general But best of all, as siblings. M is for Millennium Falcon. This bucket of bolts, this hunk of junk, she jostles and jolts from cockpit to trunk. But Han wasn't lying, she's the best at flying, until she breaks down with a clunk. N is for Nian-Num. It's Rebels versus the Empire, a final showdown at last. Lando's flying the Falcon, along with a friend from the past. Nian-Num's been fighting for ages. He's a good guy through and through. Though with a laugh and a well-timed blast, he bids his enemies adieu. O is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jedi, Jedi, in a hut, hermit hiding, waiting, but. Jedi, look, a droid is coming, rolling, beeping, flashing, humming. Jedi, r loyalty, brings a plea from royalty. Jedi, Princess Leia calls, will you leave these desert walls? That's not the best rhyme for Obi-Wan, I don't think. P is for Poe Dameron. He's the best there is at flying through space. Make no mistake, Poe Dameron's an ace. He's a pilot for the Resistance and fights First Order ties. It's his mission in life to take down the bad guys. So if you're ever in need of a helping hand, just find the black ship with a bright orange band. Q is for Qui-Gon Jin. In a galaxy far, far away, on one fateful Tatooine day, a powerful Jedi named Qui-Gon Jinn met a little kid named Anakin. Jedi training was Qui-Gon's plan to raise the boy into a man, for Anakin's sense of the Force was so strong, what could possibly ever go wrong? Foreshadowing. R is for Ray. Ray was a scavenger, hardened yet spry. She could fight off six Titos without batting an eye, but she was stuck on Jakku alone in the sun for years by herself till hope she had none. Then one afternoon Ray had such good luck. She met a little round droid who was rather stuck. Ray cut BB-8 free from the net right away, and the two have been friends since that very day. S is for stormtroopers. What is hiding underneath that expressionless white mask? Stormtrooper, what are you thinking is the question I'd like to ask. Do stormtroopers smile? Do stormtroopers cry? Is a stormtrooper a person or just a bad guy? One thing is for sure, believe it or not, a stormtrooper is usually a terrible shot. You just farted, didn't you? T is for TIE Fighter. Where are they coming from? How can this be? Just when you hit one, another two come, no three. Do evil forces have an unlimited budget? It would seem so if you count them and judge it. TIE after TIE gets blasted to bits, yet there's always another to join in the blitz. U is for Uncar Plutt. The junk boss of Jakku is Unkar Plutt, but he seems like a wannabe Jabba the Hutt. From his gut to his greed, he's the worst of his breed, yet he reigns, so don't try to rebut. Might be a little bit of editorializing there, but... V is for Vader. Most folks would rather jump in a Sarlacc pit. Yeah, I'm going to have to find the rhyme for this one. Most folks would rather jump in a Sarlacc pit than ever hang out with Darth Vader. He's even less charming and much more alarming than a ticked-off Tuscan Raider. Just look at Luke when he found out the truth. Sure, losing a hand is a bother, but a missing appendage is no big deal compared with Luke. I am your father. Damn it, Lily, shut up. Shh. Luke, I am your father, that's the last line. Spoilers for the end of the second movie. W is for Wookiee. A Wookiee makes the best co pilot and friend. They're loyal and protective to the absolute end. Although they seem sweet with all of that fur, underestimate them and oh the wrath you'll incur. Chewbacca, for example, is deadly indeed. He might rip off your arms, so please do take heed. But trust me when I say, Wookiees aren't all that bad. Just let them win at jeric and don't make them mad. X is for X-Wing. A fighting pair, droid and human, astromech and rebel crewman. X-Wings need two to fly, two to climb and touch the sky. Evil forces these ships condemn, all thanks to those who pilot them. Y is for Yoda. Small he might seem, and green he may be, but Yoda is smart, don't you agree? He's the wisest of sages, a Jedi Knight for the ages, and train you he will, if you plead. Not sure about that one. Z is for Zeb. It's a character from Rebels. Zeb has a temper, but I wouldn't test it, as Ezra can tell you you'd learn to regret it. A Lassat by birth and a warrior by trade, Zeb is a rebel, ready to come to your aid. Now we're back to C-3PO. Goodness gracious me, finished already? You are quite clever, you know, for a human being. Alright, that's the Star Wars alphabet. Going through them again. A is for Akbar, B is for Boba Fett. C for C-3PO. D for droids. E for Ewoks. F for Finn. G for Greedo. H for Han Solo. I for IG-88. J for Jabba. K for Kylo Ren, L for Luke and Leia, M for Millennium Falcon, N for Nian-Num, O for Obi-Wan Kenobi, P for Poe, Q for Qui-Gon Jinn, R for Rey, S for Stormtrooper, T for TIE Fighter, U for Unkar Plutt, V for Vader, W for Wookie, X for X-Wing, Y for Yoda, and Z for Zeb. Again, the writers, Calliope Glass and Caitlin Kennedy, and illustrations by Katie Cook. Well, are you sad because it's done, or you're hungry? Hungry? Why don't you cry really loud if you're hungry? Okay. Okay. We'll be back with listener feedback after another promo break. I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Dorn, And we want to ask you an important question. Are you sick and tired of other panel discussion shows wasting your time droning on and on about foreign policy, economics, and human rights? Or do you want to hear conversations about things that actually matter? We host a podcast called Radio vs. the Martians. Every month we gather a panel of our nation's finest minds and plunge a rusty prison shank into the heart of tough questions that have an impact on the lives of real people like you. Like, are drivers required to pull over for the Ghostbusters? Is the United Federation of Planets actually an oppressive dictatorship run by guidance counselors? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger secretly a genius? And are we being mean when we laugh at movies that are so bad they're good? So write your congressman and let them know that Radio vs. the Martians is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on RadioVsTheMartians.com. Last episode was on, holy crap, it was May 4th. Eesh, why didn't someone tell me? Anyway, that episode had me and my friend Drew Holmes talking about Star Wars Celebration and a lot of the stories and multimedia stuff that came out of that event. We got a lot of great comments on the Fire & Water website, which you can find at fireandwaterpodcast.com. The first comment came from Paul Hicks from the Doom Patrol podcast Waiting for Doom. Paul said, Happy Star Wars Day. Live long and prosper, so say we all. (sighs) Jackass. Nathaniel Wayne from the Council of Geeks said, Celebration was lovely, and I liked that they didn't shy away from the prequels and made it a proper celebration of the entire franchise. Hayden Christensen was never great in the part, but you could see how nervous he was getting up on that stage. I think he was half expecting to be booed from the building. It feels like fans have realized that they can dislike his role in the films without being dicks to him. Just a shame they couldn't realize that before ruining Jake Lloyd's entire damn life. Yeah, that was uh, that was unfortunate, but it was a good point that Nathaniel makes. Uh, Nathaniel also mentioned the Force Unleashed, which was the name of a video game that Drew and I could not remember during our recording. I thought of it even as we were editing the show. Uh, Chris Franklin from several shows here on the network, including the annual House of Frankenstein episodes of Supermates, that should begin very soon, and I always get excited for that. Chris said. Forces of Destiny has my daughter Dani beyond stoked. It's essentially DC superhero girls for Star Wars fans, with toys, merchandise, and animated shorts. And I do believe those are going to be on YouTube. Oh my god, I haven't even watched those animated shorts yet either. Take back everything I said about still being a fan. I've really fallen down on this. Uh, Chris continues. Danny is definitely one of those who sparked to Ray taking the lightsaber and becoming the hero of the franchise. It was an awesome thing to see as she went from a casual Star Wars fan to a rabid Ray devotee literally overnight. Great show, and Drew sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. Saltier than usual, but a very enjoyable, casual conversation. Have him back on. Yeah, I didn't even bother bleeping out Drew's many F-bombs. You really miss out on how many beers he had been drinking during the session if you try to censor him. Uh, Rob Kelly, also from the Fire and Water Network, said, Forces of Destiny sounds terrific, and Disney is super smart for not sticking girls in the title and driving away any panicked boys who are afraid of getting girl cooties from their Star Wars. Uh, Then Rob added, Drew was a great guest. Thomas Falvey said, "I don't see Ray as a Mary Sue. I just think because of the harsh life she had to lead, she's stronger than Luke and Anakin. They both had family, safe homes, and support she never had on Jakku, fighting to survive and to eat. Yeah, I have never bought into the complaint that Ray is a Mary Sue either. The heroes of the Star Wars films, Luke, Anakin, and now Ray." They have always been a little bit superhuman. They do things that no one else in the galaxy could do. You could say it's all the Force, but I think there's more to it than that. It's a a one-in-a-million combination of the Force and destiny. That's how Anakin Skywalker could pilot a pod racer when no other human being could do it. That's how Luke could bullseye a target that a targeting computer couldn't hit. That's how Rey could fly the Millennium Falcon and use Jedi mind tricks on her first tries. I just see it as in keeping with the nature of the heroic journey in Star Wars. I don't think she was a Mary Sue at all. Uh, Joe X said... I admit I have a Star Wars problem. I want to smack anyone who calls it Episode Four or A New Hope instead of just Star Wars. I I hear it. I hear that. Uh, Steve Race said, Thanks for the great summary of all of the Celebration news. For what it's worth, I love the karaoke opening. I was inspired to check out the trailer for the Forces of Destiny shorts, and they look good. It's great to see Star Wars content for everyone. I totally agree with that, and thank you for liking the intro music to the show. Brian Linton said, One of my favorite parts of this celebration was the Smuggler's Revenge drama that was performed on Day 3. It reminded me of the old NPR Star Wars radio dramas that I listened to as a kid. Now there's a potential topic for a future episode, i.e. the radio dramas, not my childhood. (laughs) Nice, Brian. Uh, anyways, in this golden age of podcasting, I'm sure there would be an audience for some kind of episodic audio content, officially licensed, of course, like Smuggler's Revenge. Perhaps something like that is already out there, and I'm just not aware of it. That would be really cool to hear, like, Star Wars audio-only content. Um, yeah, that I, I would be really cool. I'd be interested in that. Uh, as for the classic radio dramas... That is a topic that I have wanted to cover since way back in my Dead Buff and Spies days. My friend Omar and I talked about at least doing the first one, and then maybe doing the others with uh, separate episodes, separate guests. And I keep saying maybe someday. Uh, we'll see. It's on, it's on the list of, p- of future topics. Uh, Lucien Dessar said, One comment I have to say from the perspective of an actor. When you are in an acting school or class, you are always pretending with limited props. This marker is a time cloak. That coffee machine at the end of the classroom is Godzilla. So acting in front of a green screen with non-existent characters should be in an actor's wheelhouse. Even if you have perfect props and sets, they look great on camera but are so hokey in real life. You have a boom right over your head, threatening to bonk you in the head. There is a giant studio light two steps off camera. If you walk into that, it will crush your head. The crew looks bored and want to hurry and finish so they can go home. You hope you don't screw your lines and that you hit your mark. It is all make-believe. So if an actor doesn't act well on a green screen, they just need more practice and coaching, which was a big problem with the prequels casting such young actors. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. Finally, our buddy Rift said, Another great episode. Drew was a great guest. His comments about George Lucas and Harrison Ford's attitudes toward the Star Wars against the ownership and nostalgia of the fanbase really made me stop and think. I have played through most of the Star Wars games that have come out over the years, except the Jedi Academy titles, which were huge. Not sure what happened there, but anyway... The Republic Commando game was great, one of the first and best first-person shooters with an online multiplayer mode. Great campaign story mode. No spoilers, but you really got to feel what it's like to be a single clone or soldier in a giant army. The comments about Luke now being pretty much where Obi-Wan was in A New Hope initially got me all worked up and thinking, yeah, surely by now he has managed to do something. It's now four movies since we met him and still no closer to bringing back the Jedi Order to its heyday, WTF. But then I calmed down and thought about it some more, and I can see he has done a lot. He managed to turn Anakin back to the light side, helped kill Palpatine, and destroy the Empire. That destroyed a whole order of Jedi. So I think it's fitting that a new story moves on with Rey. Anakin burned it down, Luke cleared the remaining obstacles, and now it is Rey that is going to rebuild. I've honestly never thought about it that way, but it could very well work out that way. Maybe Luke isn't meant to be the great teacher who creates a new Jedi Order, just because that's how we've had it happen in the old expanded universe, that's what we were expecting, but maybe his lasting legacy is setting the stage for new Jedi or Force sensitives like Rey or Ben Solo to rise up and create their own Order. Ah, like he said, we shall see. And that is it for the comments on the previous episode. As always, I want to thank everyone who left a comment on the Fire & Water website. You can also leave comments on the Facebook pages for Give Me Those Star Wars and the Fire & Water Network. You can also support the show on Twitter. Thank you for indulging me as I read to my child. I hope that didn't come off too terribly. Uh, I am not sure when the next episode will drop or what it will be about. It could very well be a reaction to the Last Jedi trailer that should come out in October. Until then... Give Me Those Star Wars is a proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Feedback for the show can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com or the Facebook page for Give Me Those Star Wars. You can also find me on Twitter at ryandaily01, or you can send an email to rdailypodcast at gmail.com. Part of the theme music for this podcast is performed by the Evil Genius Orchestra from their album Star Wars Cocktails in the Cantina, available for purchase on iTunes and at Amazon Music. That and all other music, audio clips, or quoted text are used for entertainment purposes and believed covered under fair use. Give Me Those Star Wars is not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm, and I make no money from this podcast, so no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.